This episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. This best of is proudly brought to you by DraftKings. Bet online legally and safely with DraftKings Sportsbook. Way back in December 2014, Humble and Fred visited me for an episode of Toronto Miked. It was episode 100, and it was the first time they appeared as a duo together on my show. Am I even on the show? Am I on the show? Welcome to the 100th episode of Toronto Miked, a weekly podcast about anything and everything, often with a distinctly Toronto flavor. I'm Mike from torontomike.com, and joining me this week are humble Howard Glassman and Fred Patterson from the Humble and Fred Show. This is Humble and Fred. I'm intimidated now. What do you guys think of that uh, fancy mixing there? It's great. That's pretty good. You should be very proud of yourself, Michael Boone. Thank you both for uh, coming over. Uh, This is the first time you guys have been in the basement. Yeah, the last time I was here was upstairs. Not me. I was here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a second out. Sorry, Freddie. You know what's intimidating about this? Intimidating now because when we first heard about this project, we were very excited for Mike. And then uh, you look at the people that have been on the show. And at one time, we might have been one of his biggest guests, but that's we've been dwarfed now mm. by all the other no. highfalutin yes. Who's Aaron, dwarfing you? Aaron, Ed the Sock? Aaron Davis. You had, Aaron. Queen, you had Queen Aaron down here, didn't you? That's true. She's tall. She didn't bash her head coming down <laughs> no. here? Colleen oh. Rushholm, USS. She bashed her head. Strombo. Ter- Jeremy Taggart. Jonathan Taggart. Torrens. Strombo came down no, into he's the not, room? No, not yet. No, not oh. yet. Not yet. He's but threatened it's, it's to, pretty but. impressive. Congrats. Um, may I be the first to congratulate you on the show on your 100th episode? Did you guys bring me a cake? No, I'm just surprised we're doing it here. I thought we'd be doing it on a bicycle sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, because every day on the Toronto Mike or every other day, I see on the website on the website where he's cycled no, that day. Freddie, that's only Facebook, oh, which, which I only share with like forty five close right. friends and family. Okay, we, here's what I cycled, so I thought we might be you know beside him. Uh, you mean you thought I was gonna be like one of those location things where yeah. we go along with him yeah. on a bike? <laughs> Maybe he's on idea. one bike, but we're on a bicycle built for two, and you're singing and you're singing your signature song. <laughs> Are you gonna? Are you gonna favor us with your latest tune or no? You know, sometimes we do mindless things in the studios, especially after we're done, and stuff just comes to the top of your head. You know, a tune will get in your head, and then of course we have to make them X-rated. 
So just before we left, I was singing this song. I'm not proud of it, and you got to keep it in context. At the time, it was funny, but he wanted me to perform it now. And it goes something like this. My cocky lies over <laughs> my juice bag. Okay. My cocky lo- lies over my bag. Okay, my- now, why that's funny to me is you're, why? what, close to 60 years old. Yeah. And uh, at your work this morning, while other men your age and women, captains yes. and captainesses of industry. Captains and Tennilles. Captain and Tennilles of industry. Freddie, yes. that's the, the best song you've created since I Wish I Were Aaron Davis. Yeah, that's right. Which is still oh, uh, bouncing around even, my head oh, once in a while. It's yeah. not, it's, he's it's done so many different it's songs beautiful. since then. It's beautiful. Anyway, continue. Guys, I'm just... Uh, continue. About I don't what? think you have finished the story there. No, that's just, I think it's cool that this is what we do. This is the... Oh, yeah. You know, between he and I, we're 112 years old or something, 110 years look, old. Look at it this way. Right now, as we speak, it's 5 to 11. By 1230, I'll have been to Costco, ate some free stuff, and be having my nap. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. will uh, have uh, gone to the golf course and taken the dog for a walk, and then uh, maybe I'll have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have to have your anguish hour. No, well, that's where you just sit in anguish. No, for no, anguish is when the night falls. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you guys, though, for coming in for number 100, because the fact is there oh. wouldn't have been a number one without you guys. And you know that. But there's no number one without Humble and Fred. Oh, so number 100. Couldn't think of better guests. Oh, sweet. That would agree to come on. Mm-hmm. Had to add a caveat. Mm-hmm. Now, the last time I was here, did, the microphone wasn't working or something? Uh, okay, I recorded it through the laptop recorder because I didn't mm. test it, but I have, re- I have tested it today. Okay. Good. Last good. time I, I think this is, is this the third time I've done okay, the show? Yeah. So let me, if anyone's interested in one-on-one chats, I actually uh, can direct you to number 34, go to episode 34 for Freddie and 36 for Howard. And there's where you get the one-on-one like introspective, like when you die, that's what people are going to listen so to. So I've never done the show in this house, but I did it in the apartment. Right. Okay. I did one in the apartment. Your, well. uh, your ex did it in the house, and you picked her up. Right. That's right. But that was up in the baby room, which I yes. vacated. Well, I did an apartment one, and I did yes. one here. You've done two, because mm. I was doing the Martin Streak. Uh, oh, the retrospective. Yes. On the fifth anniversary of his the death. The memorial. Right. Mm. And you came in to help with that. <laughs> um, but I recorded it Can we tell the wrong. story on the podcast of killing Jean Beliveau? Sure. Okay. <laughs> tell me, because... Is this related to the Yvonne? Well, Yvonne, yeah, and, and here's the thing. When this this, this is actually interesting because this is going to be, your podcast gets put up when? Like right away? Yeah, like today. Yeah. So on this Tuesday, we'll tell this story on your podcast that won't appear on our show until tomorrow, which is Wednesday. But we were just in uh, Florida together, Freddie and I, on a, a trip. I was hosting some stuff for Clublink, and one of their ambassadors is Yvonne Cornway, as you know, the Pocket Rocket. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other Richard. That's yeah. The, uh, no, he was the uh, pizza pocket. He's, he's the, the road, road runner. runner right? right. And um, it was great. Uh, <laughs> the people I was working for, one of them had never met Freddie. And he said, listen, when, when we get there, we're going to have some drinks. And I said, hey, Freddie, this is a perfect time to come over and meet my friend Tim. And standing there with Tim is Yvonne, who is one of the ambassadors for Club Link. And um, we immediately fell into a nice chat. He's the nicest guy. He's got the Stanley Cup ring, one of ten. Yeah, ten Stanley Cup rings. Told some great stories. We went out for dinner with him. Tell the story about the '72 uh, series. That was awesome. Well, first of all, um, you know, we knew about the ten Stanley Cups that came up, and I looked down, and he was wearing one of his rings, and I said, "Is that one of them?" And he said, "Yeah, it was number 10. And you, you're thinking a guy that's won ten Stanley Cups, he'd have one on every finger. Of course, that's crazy. That's unless crazy. he was Tell a the pimp. Joke he did. <laughs> yeah. Tell unless the joke he was a he pimp. Uh, 
I forget that. He does this thing, and he's a very soft-spoken, yeah. sweetest person. And he's saying, you know, I have oh, 10 right. Stanley Cup rings, and, you know, I won for each finger. It's a good thing I don't have 11, you know, because you'd have to put it <laughs> hey, on no. his... You'd have to R- put it on his... Finger 11, Wait, I like that. You'd have to put it on his cocky, which <laughs> lies over his... His, his, his juice bag. <laughs> <laughs> my cup ring cocky. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> How did so, you, anyway. so how did oh. you kill... Uh... No, no, in oh. 72. Oh, it's coming. He told <laughs> oh, the story in coming. 72. And as a matter of fact, since I get home, I want it, because I have the tapes at home or the CDs. Yeah, Foster Hewitt mentions his name just before... Uh... Well, here's why. But what he did, he was tired. It was in the Soviet end. He thought he should go off. This is Cornoyer. He looked at the bench and he thought, that's too far to go. I don't have enough energy just to get to the bench. At that point, apparently, he's just on his way. He's around the blue line and chips the puck back in. And this leads to the Henderson goal. Because Mahovlich comes on. Frank jumps on. I, I heard him on a, I have a, a documentary called Summit on Ice where Frank Mahovlich says he was yelling at somebody to get off because he was ready to come on. Yeah, I mean, anyway. yeah, okay. okay well, whatever. But Hornwaye yeah. chips yeah. in. Is the guy, the puck was coming out yeah. of the end. Mm-hmm. He keeps the play going yes. inside so there's no offside, and that leads to the goal. Yes. And he's and, on the ice when the goal is scored. Yeah. And the Biggest iconic is. picture where Henderson's got his arms raised and Cornwaye is his arms around him with the name on his sweater yep. on display. And, Beautiful. you know, or at, Canada. Or it, it's funny because I knew yeah. I had been told months ago that, you know, Yvonne was one of the ambassadors for Club Link. And then it was kind of neat. We saw him there, you know, and you made an interesting point. Lots of times during a player's career, whatever that sport is, but hockey especially, they don't often want to talk about the game. But he while could play while they're playing. But mm-hmm. he couldn't have been more forthcoming and fascinating nice. to listen to old hockey stories. You know, and when I made that point this morning, you know, and that applies to us and even in this industry, whereby people, whereby, whereby, um, when you're current, you know, it, it makes up a big part of your life. So you don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about it as athletes do. But then when your career is over and you look back on it, you have these fond feelings and you're proud of it. You know, we may be like that, too, in all seriousness, because often I'll go places and people want to talk about whatever radio sports. And it's like, OK, here we go again. But I'm sure there will be a, da- a time when I've lost my teeth and I'm sitting on a rocking chair out in front of some, <laughs> singing, in front of some sing, home. My cocky lies over my juice bag. Sitting in front of some home that all want to reminisce about all no, these good I times. I will tell you this much. What's that? I will say, I will go even one more than that. I would say that when we were in our 30s and early 40s in the 90s and early 2000s at the edge and all that, we, I, I, was, I didn't want to talk about it at all. But I find this part of my life, meeting the listeners that we have, yeah. the people that were our, our 25th anniversary party listeners, mm-hmm. and maybe we can get into this later. I love yeah, hearing sure. from them. I love the idea that yeah. we connected with them in such a way that we, they actually, they were taking pictures with Charlie and Spencer. They think of us as family. I find myself more readily engaging with them than I may have as a younger man. No, I, I get it. Yeah. Back to Cornway. So We've connected. Cornwallier and I and Fred hang out, have a drink. He's smoking a cigar. And then the next night, a bunch of us, because we're all in the same group, because I'm working for the same guys that he is, go out for dinner together. There's six or seven of us in a van. We go to P.F. Chang's. And Yvonne sat next to Fred. I sat right across from Fred. And our two friends from Club Link, Club Link were right there. No, actually, it was the guy who's the director of marketing for Club Link and the guy who's the director or VP of WestJet. This is how we move now. I hear it. Pretty impressive. And Yvonne sat next to you and I telling stories about uh, oh, a lot of Dennis uh, Hull, who's his good, very good friend. One who has been ill but is on the rebound. 
Lots of stuff about NHL expansion and the Leafs, how shitty they are, on and on and on. And then Howard asked a very profound question. <laughs> so we have a beautiful evening with Yvonne. And you also made me laugh, too, because he really, Yvonne Cornway, you're sitting there thinking about him. And I just want to say, you know, I told Freddie the next day, there are a lot of experiences that we've had as a, as a group where I can't wait to tell my dad. Like over the years, you know, meeting, I'll tell you one, one I remember, too, a hockey guy, meeting Johnny Bauer. Mm-hmm. We had Johnny Bauer in our studio, and as soon as I couldn't wait to get off the show, just so I could call my dad and say, Johnny Bauer was here. And I had that experience with Yvonne Cornway. I was like sort of sad, like I, my dad would have loved that I met him. Mm-hmm. So Fred pointed out how sweet this guy was. And so we're on the way home in the van, and I'm just sort of thinking about this guy's NHL career. And I thought, I said, Yvonne, who was your favorite guy to play with in all of your career? Without hesitating, he says, Jean Beliveau. Jean Beliveau. The gentleman. Number four. Oh, and, and he went on about that. Not yeah. only was he a great player, he was a great person. He was, an, you know, do you speak about an ambassador for hockey in the Montreal Canadiens? And Canadians. at that moment, Wait. that moment, okay. So that's yeah. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Oh, it's Tuesday night. Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing <laughs> midnight. <laughs> yes, close to midnight. It's almost Wednesday. It's almost yes. Wednesday. Okay. The next day we come out, we're, there's like a ton of guys hanging out. We all come down to breakfast. What's the news? Wow. Jean Beliveau. Wow. Dead. Wow. Another victim. Wow. Of the humble yeah, and that's Fred right, with, uh, death I, curse. Al Waxman and uh, TJ. What was his name? TJ Walsh. TJ Walsh. Walsh. JT Walsh. JT Walsh. Sat in our studio and was dead within a couple and of the, weeks. And uh, the, wind, the wing walker. Wing walker oh, wing was walker supposed to be on our show. But that's a risky <laughs> occupation. <laughs> but it took, it took us a dec- more than a decade, but finally we got Dave Nickel. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, we got oh, him. <laughs> it was, these are people. Wow. What, what are the chances? And I, you I you killed careers, too, uh, oh, because I was God. in the room when Gio Gomeshi came on your show. And including I was our own. And you, look what happened there. That pretentious prick. That's what and you it. said after he left. No, and, I know. And remember? I, at the time, uh, yeah, because it was me, Kelly Cotrera, and you two. Yeah. And I, I remember at the time, Kelly told me he was nice. They worked together on CBC Radio 2. Yeah. I had met him for the first time, and he was pleasant enough. And I wasn't sure what you were talking about, but uh, clearly you were onto something. Well, well, I pr- just didn't like him. I got a bad vibe. Fred's uh, incredibly prescient. Wow. Look that word up. Okay, I just realized this will be a nine-hour podcast unless I uh, steer us. Do you want me to tell you what prescient means? Uh, Yeah, can you spell it? Yeah, P-R-E-S-C-I-E-N-T. You are the smartest high school dropout I know. And and what it means is he has a precognitive ability. He sees things that others don't. Isn't that something? No, he's very good at that. Uh, And I'm an English major, but I can't match his uh, Mm -hmm. vocabulary. Oh, I'm sorry, I spelled it wrong. P-R-E-S-C-I-E-N-T. Having or showing knowledge of events before they take place. Mm, like a soothsayer. Prescient. He's you know very... that word, soothsayer? Oh, please. Okay. Don't Let me just do a quick, quick review. Plan. People are listening who might not know who you are, believe it or not. I'm just going to do a very quick review. No, no, One second. So we're going to reset here with uh, you guys were on 102.1 for over a decade, all through the 90s because I was listening. Mm-hmm. And then you moved to Mojo Radio, which mm-hmm. was the same company chorus, but on the AM 640 mm-hmm. with the Mojo experience. And then you guys left Mojo for 99.9, which mm-hmm. was the mix. Yes. And that was owned by Standard, I believe. And then uh, they fired you, Fred. And yes, then they, they fired you, Howard. And then, uh, long story short, you guys did some other things. Uh, Howard went to Boom and Easy Rock and then Boom. And then uh, you went and was a program director in the Peterborough stations. Yes, I was. And at some point, uh, three years ago, you guys start podcasting daily from your own studio. And we're going to get into this in more detail. But this show is not just a podcast. 
although that's how I listen. It is also a live-to-air Sirius XM event, and mm-hmm. it is uh, cut up. Take swear words are removed, and it is, airs on 1010 at midnight. Yes, it do. does. That, I did miss anything yeah. there, and we're going to well, go into more you know, detail later. What but. you kind of missed, too, is that you were part of some podcasts that we did while we were separate when he was in Peterborough mm-hmm. and I was still working or not working in Toronto. I can't remember. We did... Do you have any idea? Maybe you would I know, know everything because I well, you hosted the them. How many of those podcasts did we do? Okay, there's the Christmas one at Dan's house, which is the first one, the mm-hmm. tw- uh, f- Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And then we did a uh, po- Eastover, you called it, I believe, uh, an Eastover podcast. And then there was this podcast of love and an Olympics one. I think in total there were maybe uh, six, if you include that 20th anniversary show at the bar. Remember the 20th anniversary? Isn't where that funny? Tyler Stewart Dominion. showed up. The Dominion, Dominion, Dominion on right, uh, right, Queen right, Street. Right, right, right. And uh, that's the one where you had a bunch of special guests. And that's where my neighbor John shit his pants. <laughs> right. He, he actually did. He was, wasn't feeling very well and come down that day, and he was sitting with Nick Kiprios and lifted his cheek off the chair and had an accident and had to leave, take his yeah. underwear off like halfway home or something. I'm, I'm concerned. What? Uh, <laughs> like, I've been to the Boone home before. I was here for a barbecue in the summertime, mm-hmm. but I'm... Don't know if I'm anywhere nearly comfortable enough to take a poo in his house, but I may have to. Yeah, you can. I mean, no, I don't know if I am. You could go upstairs. Well, the nice bathroom. Do you have my one here? Son's in, bath- yeah, there's my. Do you have son. one here in the ba- in the downstairs? One right here. I'll my, see how my, I feel. Let me know. You, this your is son's over. bathroom. He's only eight months yeah, old. Yeah, well, he lives. No, my twelve year old. Oh, your twelve year old. <laughs> Who, by the way, is this close to teenage land? Like in, in January, he's thirteen. He's a he's a man. So he's down here yanking like a he's, wild. He's uh, around the corner is his bed and uh yeah, that's his bathroom. So anyways, Stan, let me know. Sam, come here, buddy. Oh, there you are. Hi, little guy. So uh I got a quick question for you right off the bat here, which is have you guys always got along? Was there any period during the cause you guys are celebrating twenty five years together, which is longer than most marriages, I think. Has there ever been any periods where you guys uh weren't as chummy as you are today, or has it always kind of been a natural rapport? Yeah, I mean, other than the from two thousand five to two thousand eleven, we hardly saw each other because we were off doing different things. So, other than these podcasts, we just no. talked about pretty much. Yeah, you guys no. were doing your own thing. No, in the yeah. time we worked together, though, to answer your question, people want to know that if we get along or we do we see each other away from the show, and mm. you know, we always found each other funny. I've always found uh, Fred very funny. I don't know if Fred finds me funny, but I find him funny. No. Fred, you find uh, Howard funny. I don't yes, think I find you incredibly funny. You might be the funniest uh, civilian I've ever met. Gentile? Oh, yes. Absolutely funniest <laughs> Gentile civilian. You can't believe I'm not Jewish. Because mm-hmm. um, you're frugal. Oh, my God. He's so much cheaper than me. It's unbelievable. But yeah, really? You know. with, the, with the company money, yes. No, with your own money, too. But you stole that gift oh, basket. Oh, please. Like, I tell you I buy things, and you no, look you at me. No, you don't. You're always looking for an angle. I told you I angle. bought furniture the, oh, yeah, furniture you? the other day. And, and I can, what, the, what was the angle? Uh, she undercharged <laughs> me by 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. I didn't create that. I, I don't want to. Yeah, well, I know I you have a, questions. Yes, question. we've always gotten along. And, and I'll tell you, yes, we've, we always, we've always found each other funny, and we always had a good time doing the show. And once or twice a year, we used to get together with our families. Last week, we just spent... You know, five days together golfing and hanging out in Florida, and you know what That's I'm going to say you on behalf of him and I, very easy to get along. We, we just right. it, we, every, here's why. Yes, we just we're easy with each other. We don't we don't. Um, That's right, and we have the same sense of humor. We find the same things funny. We we seem to have a lot of the same values, 
So if anything comes up maybe that we disagree on or needs to be debated, it's just very easy because we're coming from the same angle. Howard did use the C word in the first episode. What's that? The C word. Oh, please. Let's just leave it all behind. But I was going to say, about about us getting along last week, um, when I say we're easy with each other, meaning that we always err on the side of uh, good manners and kindness when it comes to actual Howard and Fred issues. Like I was concerned that he would be alone one day and you know he couldn't have been more like don't worry about me so we don't we're we're easy on each other that way so during your break did uh, you did you guys miss each other or was it just uh you were really didn't have time and all here's miss each other i missed the show mm-hmm. and i'm being honest here and of course attached to that was missing the person you did the show but we went off and did different things so at the beginning it was like when I was first fired at the mix, I almost found it a bit exhilarating because I so didn't like that experience. I so did disliked working there, even though the money was great and everything, and it was going to come to an end in three years after he fired me, to be honest. Nice. I found it exhilarating to sort of try something new and do something new, and I did a few things. Um, but over that time, every so often I'd think of, okay, this is neat or this is fun or I'll try this or maybe this will go. But I still miss doing the Humble and Fred show because it was so much fun. And you don't really miss something until it's gone. You know that old adage. And it's so true. Very wise. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more questions? Absolutely. Well, what yeah. about you? Um, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I think I was in such survival mode. Yeah. Such like, okay, I better, I better, we are, I'm only 30. Mm-hmm. No, I was 46 when I got fired, 45 when you got fired. And I was thinking, man, I better figure out something to do for the next 20 years, because even though it was an enormous amount of money that we were being given, at some point it was going to run out. That's uh, a big question, though. When you guys are uh, lured to 99.9 from the chorus-owned mojo... Is this like, on your agenda of questions? Or it's just in my head right now. All right. But, uh, okay, so, and you don't have to give numbers, but how significant a bump was this? Because, Fred, you especially, I know you were very, I don't want to say loyal, but you were very, you know, you were at CFNY forever, and you were at 102.1 forever, and mojo was just down the hall... How alluring was this offer from 99.9? It was really alluring from this standpoint. Yes. We had made the decision to go to an AM radio station, which was a big decision. But given the plan um, that they had for the radio station, it made sense that we would go there and you had the potential to make more. We get to Mojo and then it's taken over. uh, The company's taken over by John Hayes, a bit of a prude, uh, really didn't like the Mojo idea. Toronto Maple Leafs were giving a uh, chorus uh, some pressure because the games were on there and they didn't like the content. So all of a sudden, a lot of the rules changed. So we went into a mode of, boy, we don't know what the future is of this radio station with the mix. It was getting back to FM. It was in the same building as News Talk 1010. Um, we had a great bonus structure um, as part of the deal. So the potential for more security Higher and to ceiling. make more money, just it was there. So it seemed like a no-brainer from that. So stay at this AM radio station that we don't know is it going anywhere or sort of get back into the real world on FM. Is that how you look at it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what Mike's mm-hmm. asking is, like, were we given like, a, a giant leap up in money? Right. And I would say this, that in percentages, my percentage increase to go there was less than your percentage increase to go there. What I'm saying is it was a big step up. Mm-hmm. 
in, and that's the only reason I think you considered it was because you had a lot of security with that company you'd been with for a long time, but it was a chance. I, and I'm being sincere about this. I looked at it as a, as a chance, uh, aside from what Fred said in terms of the way we were feeling about our, our position in the radio station, it was a chance, I think, for Fred to cash in on, on a bigger contract because my, my contract to go there wasn't, it was significant, but you know, I'd already got, been given a pretty good deal. That and the fact that it was guaranteed, meaning that it didn't yeah. matter if we got fired on the second Like an day. athlete. Well, and that, like David that, that in alone, yeah. <laughs> See, there's another Humble and Fred connection. I jinxed him. What was that? David I Clarkson. Him. I jinxed right. David Clarkson. Did you call him whole... Wendell Clarkson? No. Good. I met him uh, the summer that he came to uh, Toronto, hosted a thing with him. He's never been the same. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Would you not think that's true, though, what I just said? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, mm-hmm. My perception, and I don't know, but it sounds like uh, maybe Howard was was Howard driving this bus, and you felt you should get on board, or was there any pressure? Well, it was a lot of stuff. No. I mean, well, the thing is, if we were going to keep the franchise together, I know he really wanted to go, and we were ready to go. Well, let's not forget. In, in retrospect, se- yeah. I wish I had never done it. Sure, you know? but yeah. in September of the year, eight nine months before we left, we started renegotiating both our contracts right. with Chorus. Now, in this weird environment of John Hayes and Ken Dryden complaining and the radio station not really panning out to what we thought it was going to be, we now started negotiating with the guy that he ended up working for in Peterborough, who also really didn't get us, but it never occurred to him that he wouldn't be able to sign us. Mm-hmm. So he kind of offered us shitty money right. and not very good terms. and Calling you know, a bluff almost. Well, you know, no, it was but it weird. wasn't a bluff. No, obviously. here's what happened. In September, in September through the early winter, we were supposed to renegotiate, but he was kind of dragging his feet a little bit. And then we started negotiating. He kind of made it seem like he was doing us a big favor. We'd been at that company together as a team now at mm-hmm. that point almost 14 years. The irony is the people above him thought very well of us. So now comes this point in our contract, and in my contract it said was six months go to go in this term. If you're not signed, you're able to negotiate with anyone else. Well, that, that moment came and went. And again, he never – it was – it was a confluence of events, mm. including the fact that we were getting more and more pissed off at these guys for not negotiating with us, in, and not in good faith, just not really in a big hurry to sign. And let me say one last thing. When we left, yes. the president of the company, who is still the president of that company, said to us, and me in particular, I wish you would have come to me when you were starting to have problems because... When he found out that we were leaving, he lost his mind. Mm. Because and and the guy we were negotiating with kept assuring them, "Oh no, we're almost signed." Well, we weren't. Yeah, you never know what's going up that chain. Of and command. those people never found. Check this out. Yeah, those people never found out we were leaving until the day we were negotiating our final deal with the mix. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this, as as we rehash this, it makes me ill to actually talk about and think about because, in retrospect, I wish. I personally had never gone. And if we'd have gone to the president, John Cassidy, and told him what was going on, we'd probably still be there. <sighs> Easy to say, although 640 hasn't done much, but I think if it, if it had stayed as Mojo, it would have done a lot better than it, it has because I don't think the numbers have gone up. Yeah, this I, hindsight I, 2020 I, will kill you. No, though. no, it really will. And, you know, I had that conversation with my wife so many times after, over the years after the fact and she, because I used to say that if only, if only, if I'd have stayed, if only, if only, and she'd say, well, you know, that that's easy. 
and second guessing is going to kill you. And it was going to kill you. But if you me. could choose between being right now on terrestrial radio working for Chorus or having your own company with Howard here and building it from the ground up like you are now for three years, what would you choose? Let's make a deal. Here's the way I look at it, unless you, unless you want to answer this first. No, I'm going to tell you um, the only regret I have in a second. That's, that's okay. called Here's teasing. the way I look at it. I no, I love what I'm doing now, and it's fabulous. It's great. It's the, it's the best money we've ever earned. However, when I think of maybe what could have been, I just think I could have done a lot more for my family. And listen, we're, I'm fine. I'm very comfortable. You, you know, have a seven thousand dollar bed. Uh, you know what I mean. There's no doubt about that. I, I want for nothing. However, I think if things had gone the way maybe they could have, mm-hmm. if Mr. Cassidy was true and said, "If you'd have come to us," because even after we signed, well, I'll tell I would tell that story. Right. We probably could have dictated our reentry into the company and chose not to out of loyalty. So when I think of all that stuff, I think I pro I could have done more for the people I love. Now, and I agree. Now, a lot of things, if you ask me this question, am I happy with what we're doing now? And I wouldn't have traded this experience. But, you know, you can go into the Wayback Machine, and this, none of this would ever have happened if, if, if we hadn't been kind of the stand-up guys that we are. We signed the deal with Mix, Standard Radio, on a Monday. Yeah, it was a Monday. We spent the entire day in my lawyer's office. We sign it. We never go back into the radio station again. I get a message from, you had gone up north or something. I get a message from our good friend and vice president, of course, Hal Blackador. He says to me, John Cassidy wants to talk to you. Ironically enough, on Friday, I was going to Peterborough and, to play in a golf tournament. And so I said, well, I'm not really going to be around. Would you meet with John 8 o'clock in the morning at the King Eddie Hotel? All these guys and Bay Street guys. And I wander in with my stupid golf shirt and shorts. There's John Cassidy sitting across me and Hal Blackadar. John says, Guy, Howard, I'm so sorry this happened. We had no idea. We had been assured that you guys were, everything was on track. You know, is there anything I can do? I said, John, we signed a contract. Um, that was only in, in effect for four days. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going back to Gary Slate and saying, you know, we've changed our mind. He said, I think I, how I put it was, uh, besides what could you do? And he says to me, Howard, I'm the president of the company. I can do anything I want. Wow. And my only regret in all these years, and I think I've told the story on our show, is when I told that story to my friend Lou Skeezes, he mm-hmm. said, Howard, you could have asked for a million dollars a year. Right. Because what Fred's saying about taking care of our families and without divulging what we were making, John Derringer, a million dollars a year. Aaron Davis, a million dollars a year. If we had stayed at that radio station, and, and as my friend Lou Skeezes said, you should have called his bluff. You should have said, okay, here's what we want. We want a million dollars a year, and we want the morning show back on the edge. Or give us the morning show on cue, because we're not going back to AM. Mm-hmm. And we should have just found out what that was. Because you know what? Love Gary Slate, but he fired us. Yep. You know, um, business is business. But not only that. That's the only part. And, I, and, and when he says it makes him sick, the only thing that once in a while I ruminate on that conversation, because mm. it was fucking Because you never tested the waters. Or, yeah, you can swear. It was so fucking powerful. In that moment when he said, I'm the president, basically ask me for anything. Oh, yeah? That's what Lou said. You should have said, oh, yeah? Yeah. Give me a million dollars a year for 10 yeah, years. Yeah, this, this hindsight's going to destroy No, me. I know, but it's, it's the only th- yeah. moment where I, where I think, because Lou said, when, the, when a guy at that level says, I'm, has he, there's this phrase, when he opens the kimono, yeah. you got to take a look right. inside. He's like, dare, I dare, dare I me. Dare I dare you. I dare you. Okay, yeah. let's move on from this. 
Let's lighten it Did up you a little hug? bit. Sweet boy. No, really, because they it, do sing cocky. It's very mu- significant. Sing the cocky However, song. <laughs> at the same time, as my wife has said many times, he could have said, "I can't do that," or "I didn't mean that," or yeah. Oh, transition. I like it. Anyway. Oh, only because I want to. Actually, I love these things, so I have a whole bunch of these. I got them from you, Howard. Yeah. Uh, mm. At that old palatial estate you shared with your ex-wife. The second ex-wife, not the first one, which we've talked about in episode 36. So who's that right there? Whose voice am I hearing in that bumper? Jamie Watson. Because that's the same guy. Well, I just this is the same guy, same right? Guy, yeah. No, this is Pete. The news today. Isn't it? Humble and Fred. Yes, yeah, Pete. Okay. Here to so I know stay. Pete. Yeah. Oh, just kill me now. Yeah, I can tell it's Pete. That's Pete. Okay, so uh, the Watson, Jamie Watson. Mm-hmm. How? So we just—he's a guy who was working at the station, and you guys just did a bunch of bumpers or whatever. Yeah, he was in the creative department, and he was just a natural. And now it's probably the most used commercial voice artist in the country. So what, what would I know him from? Like, give me something that, uh, just one big thing. He was the voice of the comedy network for oh, yeah. the last 15 years. Honestly, Mike, you could line up 10 different commercials. He's the, he, does all, he did all the imaging for the Dean Blundell show. He's the imaging of Mojo. Wow. He has such a unique voice, right? I heard him yesterday on some really straight read, and I was like, wow. The guy's got so much range. So he wasn't just some guy. He was this creative guy that liked our show, and I... Uh, I think volunteered to do some of that stuff for us. They're fun. Yeah. And th- th- you guys did a bunch of Christmas ones. Like, this is the month you guys got to I got a ton of the, I got a ton of the Christmas stuff. I'm just going to play it real quick, only because this is actually mid-December. Now, that was before Jamie. That was just Freddie and That's I. Fred, yeah. Well, it was all of that us. La, 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 la. Yeah, mm-hmm. la, la, la. But it was actually, uh, there was a guy named Amin Batia, also an incredibly talented kid, that we knew from Calgary... Stu Myers and I, and and we basically went into all the all the humble and Fred. We ain't got no college. That was all Freddie yeah. and I and a group of people. Yeah, and two married guys, but, but not all to that. Each other all that all stuff that. came from us. That wasn't outside in. It was basically, hey, we have this idea for some goofy jingles. Let's get everyone in a room. We three men of the morning show have no gifts because we are cheap. Hmm. That's Fred and I and Dan Durant. Speaking of Dan Duran, um, I have a, there's a little controversy. The humble report. Now, I know two guys do the voice of that, so that's not Dan, right? There's yep. Just, yeah, I remember asking you this no, on 30. That's Dan. That's Dan? Because yeah. there's another guy who does the no. humble report yep. voice. Do, do it again. That's Dan. The humble report. No, it's, it's not. not Dan. No, it's not. No. no. I've that, heard, was, um, that may have been Jamie. No. Let's hear it again. The humble report. No, it's somebody else in the building. It might have been, uh, I can't remember. Norm? Maybe. Okay, so my question is, People, uh, when they listen to the Humble Report back in the day, one of my favorite bits. Go ahead. Oh. No, that may have been when we did it, the mix. Their guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Remember okay. that guy? Yeah. Because yeah. the version I remember is Dan's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Dan, uh, whose son was in Beavers with my son. Like, I knew him from back in the old hood. But uh, I know that voice, and that, that's not Dan. But Dan's into some young beaver now. Is he? Is this the woman that's I met? Yeah, yeah. Adrian. <laughs> She's a nice girl. Mm-hmm. See, it all, and, and give it enough time. Uh, Freddie P accepted. Uh, we all end up with someone different and someone younger. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, question about the Humble Report is, uh, you did not write the Humble Report. You subscribed to some service that delivered you jokes, and then you would create most of the Humble Report from that. Because um, people are always so disheartened you when know, they learn this. You know, here's the, to, to be fair, what I did is I had a guy named Mike Neighbors who wrote something called The Laugh Facts. And 
out of a hundred jokes you heard in the Humble Report, a, a lot of the setups came from Mike. And and Mike's a great guy. We've worked with him subsequently. He's a minor, and he's a really really nice person. But his joke style didn't fit me. But what he did do in those days, remember, I was getting it as a fax to begin with. A real fax. What it would do is it would give me the setup to every news story in a couple of sentences. So mm. all I had to do was supply the punchlines. Right. I was pretty proud of those jokes because out of, out of 100 humble report jokes, 60 or 70 were my punchlines and 30 were some I'd get from him or I'd say to who like Jason used to do them as well. I'd say, hey, here's a setup. Give me, I need a better line for this. But uh, even when we started the podcast, Mike sent me the laugh facts now, of course, digitally, because he summarized this day in history, every news story that was going on, there'd be something about, you know, Ferguson, Missouri to uh, John Beliveau is dying. But it was a great thing to look at to go, oh, I should do a, a bit about this. It would be funny if he still faxed it. That would be funny. No, exactly. <laughs> Although it's funny. He just retired it. And I used it 20 years ago, but he just retired it last year, still calling it the laugh facts. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, because it's one of those things where you, you look behind the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz, and then you realize, like, but I mean, this is like, like those contests where, I don't know, the 102nd caller is going to win something. No, it's, it's more like this. Okay. If, if anyone thinks that John Stewart <laughs> yeah. and David Letterman write right. all that material, or they're wrong. Gomeshi in his essay. Well, even that, you know, forget what People everything are surprised else about. Now to find well, out they, he wasn't writing the, that essay. I can, listen, you, can, you can't forgive a lot of things about the guy. I'll, I'll forgive that. Like lots of you know what you don't you that's think just the way it's done yeah you don't think the what, whatever Barbara Bud on uh, as it happens is thinking about all those questions Carol off yeah Carol off was Bud's now gone, yeah, yeah Bud's but gone the, the thing is if it was a private station that person would be doing that stuff somewhat I write my own stuff just for the record that's anyway. why it's not funny oh yeah. uh, by the way uh, Carol off do you know who's co-hosting as it happens with her the I am Canadian guy. The I am Canadian, the the guy who did that oh, ad. Yeah. That he, Jeff Douglas, is the co-host of As It Happens with Karloff. Speaking of which, that um, I really think. Have you been reading some of this stuff behind the scenes, the Gameshi stuff? Yeah, of course, this of guy, course. Well, I think his name's Chris Boyle, the head of radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, he, he was the guy interviewed. He, he should he should be out. He was that bald guy in the marketplace. No, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. And since then, no, some other of the stuff that's come out. You know, they should have talk about retiring something. They should not call that show. I'm, I'm with you 100%. They should not I talked to Ed the Sock about this. It should be, call it they, R. New S beginning, or because apparently Jean was part of the creation of that. Get rid of it. Right. They shouldn't even call it that. Yeah. It's like when, they, when Bernardo, you know, when they got him, they tore down his house. That's what they should have done with this show. Never thought of it until just now. Yeah. Agree 100%. Yep. Rebrand it and uh, new show. <laughs> Hey, uh, <laughs> here's what they should call it. Mm. <laughs> when you guys, when we, when you guys started doing the podcast three years ago, uh, you got an interesting letter from Chorus about the name Humble and Fred. Yes, and they claimed ownership of this, and they asked for, I believe, five thousand dollars in order to give you back your name. Mm. Okay, I was there when this mm-hmm. email came in. I remember blogging about it and everything. And uh, I'm looking back, the question I get. Uh, now and then is that is it, how much of that was fabricated and how much was that real like was this a real 5000 for your name or was it done up for charity and just the goodwill like, no that, that was our real? spin on it you know that was another great humble and fred thing is that we got that letter for reals and we thought about first of all we vibrated like little children we thought it was the greatest thing we ever saw <laughs> yeah especially coming a month or t- or so after we started and then we decided to spin it in a fun little humble and fred way yeah, we did. But to back up a bit, that... Which one of you guys is ringing? <laughs> Just kidding. That's know. not me. Where's it's not my, me. Where's my coat? 
Anyway. It's you, but it's fine. It stopped. Oh. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's I thought okay. that was coming from upstairs. No, actually. we don't have that. That ring doesn't oh. exist. That's an old school real ring. Haven't heard it in a while. Actually. Yeah. Here's the thing. That letter came to our studios. Yes. So somehow someone at Chorus knew where went we Went to the were. website, went to the contact page. Now, when we asked questions about it, we were told through Dave Farrow, actually, that it was just a little house cleaning by Chorus. And they were going through their files, and this thing popped up. And we were back. Oh, and oh, it just so happens they're doing a podcast now. Oh, and it just so happens they're at this location. So they send us yeah. the Humble and Fred thing. Through snail mail. Through that, that just bothered me a bit because I just thought there's too many things at play in here. And remember, Fred had just been fired from Chorus a few months right. earlier. The and there's stuff. just too much in play here to make it other than those guys are doing a podcast. Well, they're using the name Humble and Fred. Hey, wait a minute. Don't we own that? Well, maybe you should send. That's the impression I get. But the weird thing is, Mike, we left the, the company in 2003, went to Standard Broadcasting, which right. became Astral, yeah. right. which became Bell, Bell. Yeah. and we were the Humble and Fred show and there. They never bothered us. No, that's right. Well, because they that's probably they didn't want to dick with Gary Slade, and they thought he'd pay it anyway. Part of me, and they know, have big they have lawyers on staff. Like that's like easy to you know you're gonna get you know what are you guys gonna do? I don't want to think it, but part of me thinks they were just sort of trying to cut us down on the knees, like vindictive, right? But I don't know why we were so insignificant compared to what they were all about. But as I said, they knew our address, and all it took. I, I knew all those people. They could have. They had my home number. It could have been, hey, Fred, it's so-and-so here at Chorus. And by the way, that name, you know, we were doing some stuff here. And just so you know that we sort of own that. No, it was a, an official sort of registered letter. From their lawyer. Did you give $5,000 to Chorus? No, the, no, the spin we put on it was to Dave Farrow's credit, because I know we... Mm-hmm. Sometimes. He's still there now. He's yep. the guy right now, yes. the brand guy. Over sometimes, sometimes we say some shitty things about him. But in this particular case... We came up with the idea that mm-hmm. if we could raise $5,000 uh, or the equivalent to, for charity, would they then just sign us over the name? It would all be a good, feel-good type of thing. And we called it the Humble and Fred Chorus. Mm-hmm. We had this long name for it. But I'll tell you the truth. And, and we did. Uh, our listeners came through. It was really like the first little bit we did back as a, right. as a team. And, uh, but in the end, it still cost us $4,000 in, in real Howard and Fred money. Because we, had, out. because we had to get a lawyer to help us draft this thing You know, thing the more up. I think about this, uh, it's, that's a super dick move. It was a super dick move. Because you guys are literally starting from scratch, your own internet only at the time. You're not on Sirius XM. We were on time. nothing. You're on your internet. That's a, another thing where I think if we'd have picked up the phone and called John Cassidy and say, John, do you know anything about this? He probably would have put an end to it right there. That, by the way, speaking of John, one of the reasons, back to the story about going to the mix, one of the reasons when he asked me, why didn't you call us. I just remember this because I said, you know, John, we were dealing with your vice president and general manager of all the core stations in Toronto. We just, again, being the kind of guys we were, pretty sort of conservative, polite guys. We just didn't think protocol-wise that was the right thing to do. Again, hindsight's great. Maybe I should have had my lawyer call and say, hey, just so you know, this thing's about to blow up. Because we started the final, we left the radio station at nine o'clock on a Monday morning, went right to my lawyer's office and spent all day going back and forth with the um, standard broadcasting. And when we finally informed them at five o'clock in the afternoon that we were leaving, we never gave them a chance to counter off. We have to leave this topic. I'm worried my friend Fred here mm-hmm. is going to get sick. I'm again. sorry. We have to, I tried to, I'm trying to leave. Hey, I just brought, brought that up. The reason we never talked to John Cassidy. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. You got okay. mother. Now, you got I have a question. When you guys, you guys Do have, you have lots of guests. Well, you guys record five days a week. You have many guests on Humble and Fred 
radio, humbleandfred.com. But my question is, are you having any difficulty getting chorus people? Only because I, I asked a young lady at 102.1, and her bosses said she couldn't come on Toronto Mic, and I've never actually had that response before. It's the only... It seems like I've got a little of the humble and Fred dirt on stink. me. Stink. Yeah, I got a bit of the stink, and it's you got hurting some me with Fred some... Stink. I do have a chorus person lined up for 102, by the way, but that's the first chorus person who's ever agreed See, to come on my podcast. You know, um, Fearless Except Fred came Bill. on early. And I know you had a bit of a problem with I that. don't have any problem with Fearless Fred. He had an issue with me. Okay, but Fearless Fred came on and... Oh, yes, Fearless Fred came but on. But even to, before to phone, that, yeah. hadn't your friend been told not to come on even before that? Mm-hmm. So you have a friend, I won't name and any names, but at uh, Chorus Own Station, who was told, don't go on Home of Fred. When show. we first... Um, you know, we weren't doing the podcast very long, and then we went to... Uh, we started in the fall, and then the fall of... a. Uh, 2011, and then the spring of 2012, it was the Canadian Music Awards. We were doing some stuff with Rogers, loosely. Right. Oh, no, we were already signed by them. In in, in January, I think we signed with them. Or Here's how I know, because okay. Julie Adam yeah, but came it was to only, our... Yeah, it was only the podcast running on, on there. Uh, but we had sort of an association with them. And I, re- I remember because she came to our Christmas thing at Gretzky's, and we never announced it until after we came back from Christmas that we had a, a, a thing with them. So at the time, I remember... She fired Darren Davis, by the way. But cool. Like, I, we asked John Derringer to be on the show, and he said no. We asked Ian Blundell to be on the show, he said no. Howard has a friend that he asked to be on the show, he said he couldn't. Um, Josie die after um, her uh, debacle with the anthem. Morning show? Or no, with the anthem. Right, yes, yes. At the she Blue Jay game, remember? Yeah. I called, or I texted her, I emailed her, or whatever. Rock, maybe? But, oh, yeah. No, no, it was. It wasn't at, a Blue Jay game, though. Yeah, it was a Blue Jay game. Argos or Rock? It was one of those no, was lesser lights. Was I don't. Yeah, it was a okay. Blue Jay game. Okay. Yeah, doesn't matter. Um, I emailed her and said, "Would you come on and talk about it?" She said yes, and then all of a sudden she couldn't. Yeah. And um, anyway, she's the one who said no to me as well. And Since I we're so honest here. And listen, from from the standpoint of you can't be bothered, I get it, but it just seems so funny. Then we ask. Bob McCowan says yes. Aaron Davis yeah, says yeah. yes. And then what's the other company? Um, Bell? The, and then from Bell, I mean... Colleen Rushom and all these other people. Uh, yeah. Has she been on... John uh, yeah, I, I just realized she's yeah. a chorus employee who came on. So actually, I just... Now she wasn't was then, though. Yeah. yeah, yes. But yeah, right. Have you had uh, Alan Cross since he went back to the... Uh... Uh, no, we haven't talked to Alan in a while. But I ask, you know why? Because now that Alan's there, there, I'm not sure. I, I'm going to ask my one... I have a guest from... A special guest for episode 102 who you worked with, Fred, and I was going to ask you about later, but I'll do it quickly right now. When Fred left to go to 99.9, which was called, I don't even know if it was called The Mix yet, but this yeah, is back in 90 or 89 or 90. No, when Howard left. Yeah. Howard, sorry, yeah. yeah. Howard left. So you left early on in the Humble I did. Well, I was gone for 15 months. Okay. During that period, Scott Turner is your co-host. Am I right? Yes. And then they, they fire Scott. Am I yes. Right? So then who's your co-host between Scott being fired and Howard coming back? Would that have been Randy Taylor? Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Scott Turner now is... But he always knew he was going to be doing afternoons. So he left and he bolted for 108 after he got yeah, he fired. He went to energy. For <laughs> 10 years or something. Yeah. Right. But now he, although he does like, he's like a, I don't know, he's in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo, pro- but... He, he's a yeah. program director, two stations in Kitchener-Waterloo, does a great job. He's been there for years. Right. And on Sundays, he, nice he's got uh, Spirit of Radio Sundays, which yes. guys my age are digging. And, and by the way, pound for pound, Scott Turner... May have the best voice for yeah. a guy his size. Yeah. Like if he in, in in golf terms, it would be like pound for pound the longest driver you ever right. saw. Right. When I first I, I actually heard him before I met him, and I couldn't believe that voice was coming out of that tiny frame. Wow. 
But here's an interesting story about... I'm sorry. Oh, you know, real quick is that cause Scott Turner will be the special guest for episode 102. Interesting. So how was it working oh, with Scott? He's agreed to come in? He's coming in today. I was all right. I worked with him and May Potts. And Scott at the time, he wanted to put on... In fact, I have a little story about that. He wanted to put on sort of a Roger Rick and Marilyn show. And I remember shortly after he had started, he called me one day and he said, yeah, I'm just putting some ideas together for the show. And I said, cool. And he said to me, and I'm thinking every morning, like at 10 to the hour will be the Fred break. And I said, what do you mean the Fred break? Well, you know, me and May will do the show and then you'll do your sports. And then at 10 to each hour, you'll come in. Which is, the by the way, kind of the, the Hodge model. Yes. Right, right. The Fred break. And I said, no, I don't think so. Because here I am, you know, I had moved from sportscaster right. to co-host with, with Howard. And I knew where how your uh, bread was buttered, so to speak. And right. I, I don't think so. I think I'm going to be in that room the Because that's the like whole a team motion. Yeah. So I fought that and it never happened. And then, but the, the show didn't last long because that style of show didn't fit the radio station. Even though the elements mm-hmm. were not sloppy, Scott had big cred with the audience, was very musically knowledgeable. So did me and so did Fred. But doing that style of show, even with cool people, you know, it's funny, I didn't realize till later when I'd worked with Rick Hodge that I, I didn't know all through those years of Roger, Rick, and Marilyn that baby, Ho- baby that basically Hodge was in there doing sports at the top and bottom and only a couple of breaks. Mm. He wasn't on all the time, which I found out later, I found out the reason why. Um, Scott Turner. So he's doing this thing on 102 on Sundays. It's brilliant. It's basically the spirit of radio right. starting at noon on Sundays. Right. Here's how you know we're shit at chorus. Well, this is, I was going somewhere, but you go there first. And then- so we, we, we get a hold of Dave Farrow and say, hey, after we've, 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 we've tried a couple of different things with him, but finally we come up with this thing a few months ago. We say, hey, Fred reaches out to him and goes, you know, I, hey, congratulations on the spirit of Radio Sundays. How would you like the Humble and Fred show as the lead in? Like, talk about perfect because... Anyone listening on Sunday is 35, 45 plus. Exactly. And we're who they think of as the morning show of that radio you station. You are the 90s morning show. Here's why days. nothing will ever happen. His okay. response? Send me a tape. So Send me hear. a fucking tape. So we can hear what I it would. I would get that response. Come Send on. Send me a tape so, we, so I can hear what it would sound like. It Send me a tape so I can hear what it would sound like. Well, not only that, but we just we had a podcast with about yeah. 700 episodes. You have just... thousands of hours that you yeah. click yeah. When he said, send me a tape like. so I can hear what it would sound like, I said to him, I said, that's it. We're not responding. Because if, if you didn't hear enough of the 15 years we did at the morning show. Right. Because I guarantee you, Scott Turner didn't have to send a tape. No, you're not a dish. You are, you are humble so and that's how it's that's how you know we're never, ever going to go. That's funny because. I was going to say, if Alan Cross suddenly, I don't know what he's doing over there. I'm hoping to find out, uh, but he's doing something with Spirit of Radio, and I think maybe something throwback thing, and you have this new Scott Turner show that's on Sundays. I was going to ask if the door was closed to Humble and Fred. Well, and our idea was, you know, out of our studio, we could even create this show. And I even said, you know, give us the format, and we'll give you the stuff, and you can place the music in between it or whatever, and it would be a lead-in. And the thing is, the way our business model is, they wouldn't even necessarily have to pay us much, if anything, if we got a piece of the action, right? Um, it it would have worked well. But again, when we got that response, I we I didn't even respond to his response. You know, Mike, we I, I don't know. I can speak for him. 
as as one of the people in the sales department would have done it for free because as long as they would have given us a chance to you know stroke our sponsors on a terrestrial radio station that we helped build you know i know my, we we weren't Pete and Gates but in the history of that radio station we were of some significance and i'm being as humble as i can we weren't you know maybe the but we had some significance you'd think that guy would say how forget let's have some tape what would you guys want to do? And I can't pay you, but we'll let you stroke your sponsors. We would have been doing it. We would have done it special for them every week. We wouldn't have just taken would have been the a show. Pleasure. Yeah. We wouldn't have just taken the show and thrown in some bits. We would have said, we would have sat down and just, you know, done our show as the, as the old CFNY guys that we were. Wow. So I say that's never going to happen. What's going to happen? Well, unless What's Cross wakes up well, I one wish, day. I thought, Fred, you, you would know what Cross is doing for 102. Like, no, no, I thought you because might know. I, here, and I was wondering if you had any pull in that under, regard. I want to back up a bit. I want to say, Scott Turner, I love him. Okay. He's a great guy. Um, I ended up doing the show with him. He was always sweet with me. When I was a program director in, in, in Peterborough for Chorus, whenever I had a problem or something new uh, came about that I wasn't quite aware of, I would phone Scott. He'd phone me back immediately. He was a great help along the way. He really was. Cool. Now, as far as the Sunday show, I'm sorry, I have no reason to listen to that show. And the reason I have no reason to listen to that show, I love that music. I don't need the edge to give it to me. I have Sirius XM where I can listen to First Wave or... Um, What's uh, that one? Lithium. Lithium. Yeah, I started don't listening you, to that. Okay, I, not to, I like a lot of Sirius XM, but the Lithium playlist seems awfully shallow to me. It seems like it repeats very quickly. Well, okay, but I'm not only... I'm, I'm just... But, not, but have, there's Alt Nation... Alt Nation, I can make my own playlist. There's right. all sorts of streaming. Sure, sure, I know where he's sure, getting sure. I, Yeah, I, for sure. I don't, what Scott does, though, and uh, what I like is that he will say, it was 25 years ago today that uh, you know, Depeche Mode played the whatever, and there's a little bit of a Toronto history lesson. That Understood. Maybe I should listen. Okay, so he gives uh-huh. it context. Don't you think, and you're, you've been doing uh, broadcasting now for 100 episodes, and congratulations <laughs> yes, this again. is number 100. <laughs> Don't you think, as a former Edge listener of the Humble and Fred show, that what would make that neat? Like, here's the thing. Ted Wallachian was the morning guy at 1010 on News Talk for years. They canned him, but they bring him back on Saturdays because there's an affinity and affection and a, a nice feeling that Ted has on those Saturday shows. Don't you think they would think that, man, even an hour of Humble and Fred 11 Makes sense to me. Oh, my God. Let's, let's, makes sense to me. All right. And when we now I'm going to get angry. No, here's the thing. And you don't you don't want to sound like sour grapes. Obviously, they don't think enough of us that they think that's a good idea, or or conversely, we think way more of ourselves than we should. I think that's the case. Well, maybe mm-hmm. we think way more of no. We think we're more significant, or um, think more of ourselves than we should because maybe in the big real radio world, they've looked at something like that and gone, you know what? These guys are small impact guys really in the big and the short of it. So why do we need to even bother at any cost? Maybe that's what they're thinking. Um, hmm. Who knows? Uh, I noticed that there's... And, that, and you know, that could be as valid as our excuses. <laughs> there's a some feuds. I want to call them feuds. I don't know if they're feuds or not. Howard, you tell me if they're feuds. Uh, maybe you, there's something with you and Derringer and there was something with you guys and Blundell. These are just a couple of name, big names in the market where there's a sort of feudy you know, thing. What kind of a show is this, Mike? This is what people are dying for. That big yellow board's going to listen and we got to make sure we cover some of this Is stuff. that still around? Honestly, yeah, I, just, I just never... Yeah, I know stopped. it's around because they linked to my... Uh, the, what's his name? The guy you worked with at Virgin. I should know this guy's name. Mad Dog. 
I interviewed Mad Dog, and they wrote about it on Soundy, so I see all the referrals coming over. You know, I but haven't gone there in a couple of years. They well, changed my pass- the format. Yeah, the pass. They blew it. I lost my password, and I don't care to get it back. They, but you don't need a password, but, because well, I read it, and I don't no, have a password. But no, but they, have oh, they changed the format of that. Now you, Oh, the back a, end, th- yeah. There's another click-through now, which mm. is a big mistake. You used to click on, and one click, you could get to a story. Now you click sort of. You know, a I've never, like I've never commented there, but I have read the odd thing. They once in a while they talk about you know you guys, or they mention my podcast, which I was. Uh, here's what I would say, if I may. But okay, answer. yeah, please tell me about. I this. find the Blundell thing. We've gone over it. You've gone over it. I find it tedious. As far as Derringer goes, there was no feud. It's a long story, but the short of it is, we ended up working after many years of being on our own at a single standalone radio station, when Amalgamation came to Canada, all of a sudden you had in one building, you know, Q107 and The Edge and AM640, and we were all kind of thrown in together. And, you know, we were all a bunch of uh, big ego whatever guys, but whatever happened didn't come from us. It came, we reacted to it, and maybe sometimes not the best. But, yeah, that was a weird thing, and, you know... There's just so many. Only because we know Derringer invited Fred on his show. So there's clearly. Yeah, but there was a time. More than once. Yeah, Yeah. but there was a time early on when he referred to Howard and Fred as untrustworthy cocksuckers. Mm. And he was in that group as well. Uh, John, when we first met him, was a very troubled guy. A very, very troubled human being. And I thought we were very nice to him. In fact, my boss... My program director at the time, our program director, said, you know, it would be really a nice thing if you guys came to his one-year sobriety ceremony, and I fucking went. Wow. I was never asked. I would have gone. Nobody ever mentioned that to me. Well, I went. Mm -hmm. So, because I thought, yeah, why not show support for the guy? Sure, sure. And so how he how that turned into I'm the biggest dick and Fred mm. could go on a show but I can't. All mm. I know is a couple years ago I hosted this thing. I hosted the John Derringer being inducted into the Broadcast Hall of Fame at Canadian Music Week, and he couldn't make eye contact with me. So, mm. hey, listen, weird, weird. Hey, listen, listen. The guy won. He fell into the circumstances. He, you know, everyone thinks of John as this longtime Toronto morning show. We did, we've done tr- mornings in Toronto two and a half times longer than John. Right, because he went to Montreal for a while. He was at the fan. He was an yeah. ins- honestly an insignificant player in Toronto morning radio until he took over for Stern and had no competition for ten years. So John won. Good for him. He's made way more money than us. But I will tell you this: money isn't everything. No, I know. And he's, you know what? There's still people there. He's money. Anyway, I don't. No, um, you know, and again, when you say feud, it's no real feud. It's just he chose not to come on our our current show, and he was cold with Howard one night. It's not like you know, flinging shit at each other. Do you think uh, when people look back at the twenty five years of Humble and Fred, their one of their favorite memories will be something that predated Howard's arrival on the show, which is this song? You know, I get emails and I get mm-hmm. comments from people asking for a copy of this. No, I know it's referenced all the time. Yeah, it's weird. And it's just it's just you, Fred, uh, singing along. Yeah, it's weird, eh? And when what when like uh, what era was this? This is like is it nineteen eighty seven? Eighty seven. Okay, this would have been in the fall of eighty seven. Darren Wozlik, who's still at Chorus, a great friend of mine. Um, he's the marketing uh, promotion manager. He wrote this. He was just a creative. Oh, no, he would have been promotions at that time, I guess, or maybe creative. I can't remember. Oh, was it, um, it was fun to put together? 
Yeah, it was very fun. I mean, they, all the guys at the station put it. I hardly knew the song at the time. It was relatively new. So. Well, yeah. it's interesting because Darren's, it, Darren wrote it mm-hmm. and produced it. Uh, I said this much on the 25th anniversary. I said it's weird that, you know, Scary Pete, uh, alone and with me and with me and Jason and some with uh, Jamie, probably, like if I counted them all up on my computer, there's probably 35, <clears throat> excuse me, 35 parody songs. And with Pete stuff, maybe more that we did after that. But that's the most recognized one for whatever reason. And every winter when the first big snowfall falls, then Absolutely. I got sent, like, where's the snow removal machine? No, I don't. And it brings back a lot of memories from... Uh, maybe that's it. Show. Maybe for some people it's Nostalgia. such a... It was one of the first ones, too, like for the radio station, if not the sort of first parody song. So. Oh. And now you're... I don't know. Uh, let's talk about this current incarnation because I listen every day. I haven't listened to today's episode because I haven't had a chance, but I do listen every day. I subscribe in iTunes. The Humble and Fred show magically arrives uh, in my on my computer every single day, and when I get a chance, I'll listen to you guys while I work. And I love the show. Like this, this is a, I know my bias is showing, but I sincerely enjoy the content. It's it feels local. The references I like the Canadian. I know you guys present yourself globally. Uh, this show isn't listened to anyone outside of Toronto, so don't worry. But I know you guys are bigger than that now. Except I love the show when it kind of goes into Toronto and GTA. Well, we got a fine line. We, we the only feedback we've ever gotten from Sirius XM, and it's minor, is. They want us to remember that we are being heard in San Diego and right, other places yeah. and across. They don't care most, you know, honestly, they don't care so much about the states, but definitely across Canada. Right. But there's lots of things that happen here that are local stories that are national, the Rob Ford stuff, you know. And the way I look at it, Howard Stern will talk about New stuff York. happening Absolutely. in his backyard because that's what he knows. And when I'm listening in Toronto, I never feel disconnected because I know it's a syndicated program. Here's the problem, though. Tell me. In the United States, I think people outside of New York City looked fa- look fondly upon it, and they're proud of it. In Canada, it's not the same way about Toronto. What's that For, about? I don't know. Oh, you We've t- talked yeah. about this before, yeah. but where Stern can sit there and talk about New York City, not that he does a lot. I think, again, somebody in Oklahoma thinks, ah, New York City, like, you know, the big, the big apple. apple, right? With, with, with Canada, it's different. Somebody in Calgary, somebody in Edmonton, whatever. Doesn't receive it the same way. They're thinking, Toronto, oh, yeah, Hugtown. So you guys obviously pay yourselves with sponsors that give you guys real money mm-hmm. every month, I yes. suppose, or whatever. And yes. uh, how many, in addition to you two, how many people are on the Humble and Fred payroll right now? Uh, three more. Three more. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we st- know... There, there's five people that, that draw a salary every month. Uh, there's Phil who used to be our intern, is now the associate producer. He's mostly the technical stuff. But he's the guy who would get rid of swear words and package, yes. edit things. What a lot of people don't now. realize, and I, I don't really... I mean, we used to talk about it when I began because I wasn't very good at it, but most people don't realize that Phil doesn't do anything during the show. Right, you do the board op. I, I produce the show auditorially, right. audio-wise, as we're doing it. Um, Phil takes the show and cleans out the swear words for News Talk 1010. But Fred and I still are the ones that package the podcast. He mm-hmm. writes the XML. I take the, the, the file and make it a podcast. I take the, all the, MP3. The, breaks, the breaks out. I make it an MP3. Right. Uh, so Phil does those things and everything else we ask him. Then Eileen is our producer, sort of vo- third voice on the show. 
And she also, I guess, would be get, uh, booking guests yes. and uh, making sure they come at the right time and all how that. to get there. Following don't up. Don't go to 13th Street. Yes. You know, go to 30th Street. All that stuff. And then, of course, mm-hmm. our business manager and, and sort of financial partner is Bill Hertz, who... Uh, He's 70 years old, and he, uh, he looks great. He, is he cycles, the, you know. No, I know. He's a big cycler. And he the was the former national vice president of uh, Standard and Astral and Bell, and he's got a lot of contacts in the world. But is he? Uh, would it be safe to say he's a commission-based yep. employee, so he's not getting oh, a yeah. salary? He gets commission. Yeah, but salespeople always are in radio. Yeah, but I just want, like, on the payroll, yeah. when it's commission-based, well, but he's percentage on the, of We the, pay him. He gets commission, because we yeah, get sponsors yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, every no, month. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, so I hear So what are you talking about when it's on the payroll, what? Uh, well, there's, I'm just saying, uh, some people get a base salary, like I'm assuming, right. right? And then he would get a percentage of what he brings in. That's so exactly right. So it's tied right. to revenues. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were going to say, what were you leading to in I this mean, incarnation of the show? So I was, uh, just wanted to clarify who's getting paid on the show, because, I mean, I listen, but not everybody listens. I hope they give it a shot. It's my favorite podcast, Humble and Fred Radio. Mm. The uh, Phil, I'm just, uh, Phil, I've met him many, many times. He's been a guest on this in the early days when I was, like, doing reps to figure out how to talk on a microphone. And I had two episodes with Phil. I just want to know, is Phil the real deal, or is he uh, an Andy Kaufman-esque, uh, as you would say, Howard? Is he like a, the Asian Andy Kaufman, who's fooling us all? Is he the real deal? And the yeah, he deal? might yeah. listen to this, as you yeah, know. I, know so, uh, uh, I don't think Phil's putting... If you're asking, do I think he, he's like, joking like with is us? Is he aware, and he plays a character, or is that Phil? You know, there's part of it, some days he'll go with stuff, and you just know he's... I think like we would. But does he tell you when you guys press... Rec- some, I'll often have a guest and then I'll stop recording and then they'll tell me the answers they wanted to say when I was recording. No. Does he ever, like, when you stop recording, like, let you in on the fact that he was doing this or that? You or- know, where I think... What, what happens, I think, Phil... The best Phil is when he's not doing what Fred's describing. Mm-hmm. The best Phil is when he's just reacting as Phil. He, he does go with us sometimes, and that's when I'll say, like, he'll, he'll actually come up with a line or two that I know he's doing that on purpose. Okay. But, no, I, I, I sort of uh, came up with that a few months ago that he might just be the right. Chinese Andy Kaufman because it's impossible to think that the things he's saying to us are actually real. The fact that we can't go to his house, the fact that he said, told the story about having sex in an elevator in Singapore, and the fact that he says he goes down on chicks, but he won't kiss <laughs> her lips. I mean, you can't make it up. And even this morning... We were talking to him about something. Remember, I don't even know what it was. And I said, he's like the gift that keeps on giving. We were talking about, uh, it doesn't even matter, but he's, he might be, and we've had some great characters on our show, but I think we can say that no one, whether it was Danger Boy or Dan Duran or Sandra or Bingo or Shwarma or any of them can compare to this guy for being an endless source of material. Because he's not self-aware. What, you, what do you say were? to that? What do you say to that? Oh, yeah, I, I agree. He's, he's something else. I said this to Fred on a personal phone call, but I'm going to say to the podcast. So I'm listening to Serial. It's a uh, podcast from the uh, This American Life people. Very popular podcast. Yeah, it's right. gone crazy. Yeah. 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 And I, they made, this is season one, but I was thinking if somebody had the time to actually go through your many hours of recorded uh, podcasts and extract Phil stuff, and you could actually do a compelling series on just, yeah, somebody moderating, like, talking, on his asking, development. Like, playing this, and then asking the question, and then be discussions about it. Like, could this have happened? Could this be the truth? Like, and just kind of examining the fill. You know, it's part. funny you say that because I said to Eileen a couple weeks ago, I said, "Here's what we should do before we finish for the holidays. 
Let's have the the fill top five moments of 2014. You know, and if if we were really not lazy, yeah, it's a lot of work. That's but no, but well, I think as we can have the discussion of those top five moments. Sure, but, we, sure. I, to, but to play the first time he told the story, and remember, this started in the first day back from the January vacation of of. 2013-14, he told the story of not being able to get a boner with the girl in the hotel room, but he went down on her anyway, and, and then it started. So if we weren't lazy, it would be great to get those moments, the original moments, the original moment yeah, of the, telling the, the story. the revelations. Like the, the uh, telling of the story in the elevator, his words, and us and marveling the, the activity at activity on the airplane going to Singapore. The activity, the, the first time we had the discussions about going to his house. The revelation he has a stepfather he lives with that we had no idea. A <laughs> Filipino was, stepfather. That was just like last month after knowing the kid yeah. almost four years, three and a half years or whatever, uh-huh. we found out his, his stepfather yeah. is named Jose. Right, right. Come on. Oh, very, yeah, all the Filipinos oh. will get the Spanish names. Uh, but and I have the a relationship qu- with his sisters. And the mom who's got, I correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but a $70,000 car that had no kilometers on it and yes. sat in a garage garage for yeah. years do you remember the, this the, the, the boys took him out for the his birthday <laughs> the boys <laughs> take him out for his birthday and he brings his sisters who i refer to as his sister daughters right. to the super eight with him yeah the super eight in brampton where yes this stuff is too good to be true we need to have somebody commission somebody to go through i know you want to talk about it but imagine if you could talk about it while playing the clips you know he's got a really good put point. me on the payroll i'll see what i can no, do i'll tell you what we could get we could make it a project for a couple of these broadcast kids a keen to intern go through and take Phil stuff to go through mm-hmm. and 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 do a, a one hour filled fill you cereal cereal yeah a fill you mentry yeah anyway uh, yeah that's something, there's something there though and i i listen oh, yeah. to a lot of stuff this is something like nothing i've heard before because it's so genuine and ludicrously absurd and absurdly ludicrous i have a question for you too so i'm looking at this yeah, banner yeah, yeah. i'm looking at this banner on the wall uh-oh. So you're saying the Toronto Maple Leafs only have one more Stanley Cup than Yvonne Cornoyer? <laughs> yeah. Are you saying that Yvonne Cornoyer, who started in like the late 50s... Well, how much does the Pocket Rocket have, Fred? Doesn't he have 11? Don't know. Okay, the Pocket Rocket, I think, has the record, and it might be 11. So Cornoyer's career would have started in like 1964, <laughs> 63, and in that period of 64 time... 64 to 79. Right. Right. So between 64 and 79, the Pocket Rocket... Roadrunner has one less Stanley Cup than you guys do lifetime. Moving on, a uh, real All quick right. question about the York. There's a station in uh, York region that Humble is on. Yes. Did you know this, Fred? Did he tell you? Oh, so, it's 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 the bomb. So the thing is, uh, so Howard, you recorded from your uh, Humble and Fred Studios in Etobicoke. Yes. And then it's kind of pre-recorded, and then it goes to this station in uh, York region. 105.9 so, The Region. My question is... Let's say while you're on the air, okay, on the region, yes. there's a terrorist attack at the Pacific Mall. Oh, yeah. Be, they, what they, happens? Well, they would just cut me off. They'd go in and they'd say breaking news. And so you would just not be, no, because you're, you're listening. You, you don't, they don't fly you into Buttonville and put you on the air no, to no, cover it? Mike, Mike. Yeah. It's like, I'm it's almost like old balls here. <laughs> I hear the answer. It's like any television station. They could be running a rerun of... Andy and Mayberry and yeah, nope. yeah, yeah, but it's not the same as that because minute, this is presented plane? as live, huh? Like humble. What are you trying to get at, Boone? I was just curious what happens when I'm trying to feed my family. Life. No, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for you. I'm happy that's, for you. Uh, that's the way it is in radio now, uh, yeah. and uh, radio in general. You mentioned that that's the way radio is now. Is radio really dying? I've heard Fred essentially say radio is going to. 
I don't no, want to put words in your mouth. No, tell I'm me what the future of radio is. The future of radio, as far as I'm concerned, is people. It's not music. Talking. I'm not saying, I've never said radio is dying. Oh, radio is dying Maybe as it is. Yeah. I mean, the medium will always be here. I just think the future is people. It's not music. But it's more, that transition is going to be very expensive. And, and big public companies own it now, and they have to worry about the next quarter. So does talk move to FM? Because right now in Canada, so. talk is AM pretty much. Uh, there's not except for CBC Radio One and stuff like that. Right, and if you look across the country, especially with rock, radio is having its struggles sure. for whatever reason. I mean, I think you're finding the older demographics are still holding on to a bit, and the little, the the smaller kids are listening to their kisses and their virgins and stuff like right, that. Right, like my daughter. Yeah, yeah, but like. Again, Saturday night, I'm in a room full of 28 to 33, 34-year-olds, and I always do my own little polling. None of them are listening to the radio. Mm. Like I'm telling you, none of them for any reason. Maybe they'll allow the odd time they listen for sports if they're into sports, sure. which is the AM dial. Right. But I find that shocking. You know, and then you ask them about, you know, Dean Blundell was, you know, for that demographic was, you know, a very significant player. Well, they don't miss him. They had given up on him a lot long before he had left because, and not because necessarily of Dean, it's just not where they got that music anymore. They could get it fresher, faster. Right. Where On demand. They can hear what they places. want. Yeah, no ads. So I'm thinking that's just going to be a snowballing thing. And it may not even, I might be dead before hmm. the revolution totally. Oh, I certainly over. will be. <laughs> no, um, I, I very well could be, but I just think that in the, there, I think there's going to be a day where people will go, you know, on radio, and they used to play records. Can you on believe the radio. they played music yeah. on? Well, on I'm going to tell you, I, I, you know, I've said basically the same as what you just said, but I will say one thing I've thought of that I did, that I've now changed my mind about. I used to think that, and this is probably 10 years ago, eight years ago, why wasn't there talk stations on FM? And maybe that would be a great thing because, you know, it's the way of the future. But I don't think that's going to happen because when it comes to talk, fidelity is not an issue anymore for people. Like AM stations in your car, the brand new cars, the fidelity is good enough to hear spoken word. What I think is going to happen is that there will always be some music streaming, we'll call it, on FM radio. I don't think there's going to be a lot of announcers 10 or 15 years down the road on FM because there won't be any, any need for it. A, because traffic and weather and all pertinent information is either on your phone or it will, or it will scroll on your yeah, dashboard. Right. Where I think the biggest change is going to happen mm -hmm. is the ability to listen to radio stations from wherever in the world you may choose to hear. If you want BBC radio, uh, you'll be streaming it in your car. So I don't necessarily believe anymore that FM is going to be talk-centric. I don't know. You know, it's funny. There will be talk on radio, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an FM signal. Well, but isn't a the AM is a signal. Well, here's the problem. Go ahead, Fred. Like, in the evening, if I'm at my daughter's in Georgetown, I've sort of made the switch from 590 to 1050. Mm. As far as sports go, I just find it a, a better product at this point. Sorry. Sure. But 1050, when I leave my daughter's place in Georgetown, I can't even get it. In the day, I can because of pattern changes and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think as the shift of talk goes to FM, you'll actually see AM maybe phase maybe. out. But the, but the future but, would be streaming anyways, but, but right? That, web but streaming? Exactly. Yeah. The future is web streaming. But also, the, maybe the future for FM or radio in general will be more 
to what, what Sirius is, Sirius XM, and this isn't just us plugging it, because I used to listen to sports stations, and, and I know you guys don't you know, think of me as, a, as much of a sports f- a fanatic as just you guys golf. are. No, but I would say this. You know, I'm, I'm pretty versed for a guy that doesn't follow a particular team. But I used to listen to sports radio stations so I could hear the golf scores or hear about t- my favorite player. But the reason I don't anymore is because I listen to PGA Tour radio. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is that's where radio will also have to go. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. what else is there for it? Right, right, right. And you, know, like, well, you, you may disagree with some of the choices that these alt stations on Sirius make, but there's four choices. <laughs> when I want to listen to stand-up comedy, I got five channels. Well, just, it's just so obvious. You know, I look at the, the Tin Palace, the trailer. I sort of go in there in, 90, in 1992. The Wolf in Peterborough was the music of everyone's summer life. Right. Every dock, every boat. Lots of wolf. tragically hip. You never hear The Wolf now. Ever. Why? Because people are playing what they want exactly their off playlists, their iPo- right. iPods or they're streaming it through their phone for whatever. Re- they're listening to satellite radio. They're just not. Remember, you used to go into stores and you would hear local radio stations. Do you ever hear that anymore? No. It's either satellite services or they have their own system at the back mm-hmm. running it through. Again, their iPod stuff they've downloaded or they're streaming something without commercials or voices. It's just... How do you ignore that? Well, they... they it's, it's just snowballing. It's funny. You know, again, we have these conversations all the time. And you say these words out loud and you say things like, how can they ignore it? But uh, uh, the answer, the simple answer is all the people... And I, I, uh, this phrase came from Alan Cross. He called it a sunset industry, which is, you know, interesting to think about radio. And the guys who are running it, the names we've mentioned and others, are in the sunset of their careers. They, they're ignoring it because all they're trying to do is keep the next quarter going. So how do they ignore it? Because they can talk, well, we're going to need to change and evolve, like that meeting we had with Doofus. Um, but the fact is, last night I picked up my daughter over here in Etobicoke, and we were talking about alternative Christmas songs. And I started naming some, and while I named them, she Googled them on my phone and plugged it into the, the car, and we were listening to the Pogues. In 30 seconds or yeah, less, absolutely. I had the Pogues, the waitresses. Yeah, yeah. So our radio station last night going home was Howard and Spencer FM. Which is more fun anyway. Way more fun. This is what's going on all over the place. Yeah. It's for every minute that that's going on, it's another minute you're not listening to the radio. Right. And it, it's the same so, way with you're right. television. Right. It seems like you, when you have a news break, the Ottawa, we had a shooting in Ottawa, and I was listening to CBC Radio 1 while I biked, and it was compelling to me as things were developing in real time. Right. In that instance, of course. But other than that, you're right. It, you could do all the programming mm-hmm. I would hear on the radio would make just be podcasts I'd listen to on demand. You know, and you, or the music on demand through uh, streaming services. And you services. read a lot of this marketing stuff, and it's by you know uh, companies that have a vested interest in the survival of radio and television as we know. And it's all bullshit. Because even me, here I'm a guy in my late 50s now, more often than not, I find myself sitting at my computer at night playing YouTube videos or um, clicking through news services to get the news I missed at 6 o'clock. And again, I'm just one guy sitting in Brampton. Yeah. But for every minute I'm doing that, it's another minute I'm not watching television, I'm not watching their right. ads. And this is growing all the time. So these people, they have to evolve. And, you know, Ray, uh, Howard talks about, uh, you know, radio becoming a specialty channel. They better figure it out. I mean, again, radio will always be here. It's just how, how it's going to be used. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to, over the next few years, it's going to be pretty dramatic because it, it can't continue the way it is. 
Well, look at right across the country. We we see. But the, having said that, we see the numbers a, from the big countries. Tomorrow, radio radio yeah. revenues are dropping off the fucking face of the earth. But tomorrow, if Derringer retires and they call you guys up and say we want you guys to do the morning show on Q107, and the well, money is right, you would take this well, gig. Well, of course. Okay. But but you could also. I gotta ask that question. That's but the, you could also, as part of that equation, say, yeah, we'll do it. But here, you know, looking forward, I mean, this is where radio is going. Yeah, we we'll do it, but we'd like to do it this way. And maybe maybe be part of that revolution. You know, Mike, the money would be hard to turn a, a, away from, and we might be said, "Oh, you guys are hypocritical." Well, yeah, no, okay, no, you got to feed your family. I got to feed my family. One last thing I want to say in terms sure. of you know, if you're a sports fan, if you're a basketball fan, yes, there are basketball channels now. You know, I, I used to listen to hockey play by play in the way home uh, sometimes, or when we'd leave a hockey game, I'd listen to the wonderful one, Magic Man, uh, Andy Rickerman. What's his name? <laughs> Andy Kellerman. The guy that does the leaf Andy, talk. No, that's leaf talk, Andy Frost. Oh, yeah. It's just, <laughs> oh. Um, Jeez. But I used to get frustrated, like especially around the majors in golf. I'd be listening to regular radio, the fan and whatever. And I'd get frustrated to get an update on what was happening. But the great thing about radio in my car now is I can actually listen <laughs> to the broadcast of the British Open wow. on my way home. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't need to get an update yeah. from a radio station. And let's just be clear about this, because you said, you know, and you use the word hypocritical, if a radio station came to us. Again, nobody said we hate radio, we would never work at radio again. We're just saying it's changing rapidly, and they're not adjusting very well. So again, it's nothing to do with hypocrisy or being against that medium. And you're on that medium at midnight. Every well, day. we're also on, the, thing, we're, we're on satellite if, radio if they, every day. You mentioned Q107, The Edge, whatever radio station was, and they came. Would you guys be interested in coming to our radio station? We'd say, hey, what have you got in mind? Sure. And if the deal was right and we could exercise um, what we like to do to, to the extent we wanted, of course we'd do it. Whether it's terrestrial, whether it's satellite, whether it's a Is a this podcast. too long for you, by the way? You get, you're starting to look a little antsy. No, I'm... Because we can wrap this thing up. No, I, I, I want to find out, because Fred mentioned he's pushing 60. Would you guys podcast into your 70s, even your 80s, maybe? Is it just as long as it's fun? Or, Is this uh, one of the last questions? Because I think I have I, something I, 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 very I, profound to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, there's no... Uh, I remember uh, with the Rolling Stones, they always talked about they, they didn't want to be up there jumping around yeah, in their 60s or whatever. Like, why would you retire? And, you know, in most cases, when people retire, they take a pay cut. Why would you... Why would you do Yeah, we that? had the pay cut already. Yeah. No, no, no. You had the haircut, so now I'm just... Again, I would have to consider... Well, you always have to consider your wife. My wife wanted to retire and travel like 50 weeks of the year, which is bullshit. Most people don't anyway. Right. You know, people often say that, you know, oh, we're going to travel a lot or I'm going to play golf. Well, super, but then what are you going to do the other 300 days of the year? I mean, really. You know what I mean? And I like doing what we do so much that why would you ever leave it unless... You had to. And Fred's also yeah. got two brand new grandkids, a two-year-old and a, like a month old. And and so, sure, you're going to... When we've already talked about plans for maybe, you know, down the road doing the podcast or the serious show in another location if we wanted to get away for a couple months. But he's mm-hmm. not going to want to be away too long yeah. from seeing these kids grow up. And even outside of that, I'm not... I like to travel, but not for long periods sure. of time. So. Listen, I have a lot of friends right now that have retired in their 50s. One guy used to climb hydro poles for a living in the, the cold. Another guy was a surveyor for the city and had to be Real jobs. Another guy had to drive a train into northern Ontario. They're all thrilled to be retired. Sure. And, yeah, I, I, and I understand that. 
Yeah, none of them were singing my cocky lice <laughs> over my juice bag <laughs> this fact, morning. I was, I was with a bunch of them on Saturday, and it almost creeped me out a bit when they were talking about how much they enjoyed retirement. Because what they're doing right now is exactly what I don't want to do. Right. Get up in the morning and have nowhere to go. I'm with you, man. And yeah. my final thought on this would be mm-hmm. this. You know, we pressed and pushed and had arguments and consultants and, and managers and bosses for years resisting us cutting back our song count per hour from, say, 8 to 7, 7 to 6, 6 to 5. Now, I was a little bit jealous. We both have said this about the fact that Blundell got to cut his song count way back and just sit there yammering because we wanted that opportunity. But I said this to Fred, uh, I think, in the summertime. I said, you know, you think about it, where we've come and the success we're having now doing the podcast and the serious show, in a way it makes us, well, it makes me feel good because we were right. We were, we, we were absolutely right that our audience would like more of us and wouldn't mind less music because for three years and almost two months now, we haven't played a song on our show. That's right. And no one says, hey, why don't you guys shut up and play Depeche Mode again? <laughs> in, our, in our audience, Profound. we have the number ha- has exploded. And let's, and getting back to Dean Belinda, I'll take nothing away from him because he was wildly successful at it. No one denies him that. But as I've said many times, right place, right... It was the right time at the right station with the right people that created that. And honestly, if we'd have been ever... when If we had ever been given the same opportunity at that station, we would have had the same results because of what Howard just said. Hmm. We could just feel it. That's what that station was about. It was about goofy, fun content. You know... And more of it would have been better, not worse. Yeah, and and... Any guy that's, and we've had some interns recently say, you know, my, my, my um, professor says, you know, not to talk about yourself. And then you look at, you know, our audience in order to get into our 25th anniversary had to write these. I mean, we came up with this idea. What have you learned from the Humble and Fred show? And Mike, there were hundreds of emails with this thick, 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 rich memories of us. All it was. You know, I'm fascinated by the fact that professors would give that advice because it just seems counter... But Mike, let me finish. All it was was personal stories that we told. It wasn't what they what they learned from the Humble Bear Show was that Depeche Mode was a band from England right. or wherever the fuck it was from. <laughs> Oasis. You know what I mean? None of that. It was all about the trailer and our kids and our lady friend and this right. and all the goofy things we did. And so that's why I say we were right. Yeah, they should have. And you know what? Stern was given the same opportunity 30 years ago. Blundell was given it. And it's too bad that we hadn't been given it mm. earlier because, you know, then if you you want to talk about if we had been given the opportunity to go on FM back in the day and talk all like we're like we do. Like you, now. Do, like you did. It, yeah. Here. When we did the Mojo thing, they didn't know what to do with 95.3 in Hamilton. Okay. That dog with fleas, which still lives on. That's vinyl, right? Not vinyl. Vinyl, now, uh, it's, now fresh. it's fresh. You have more listeners An- than it Another does. chorus. That's Colleen Station, right? Listen. And Kelly Couture. Chorus had vinyl. You know, it was Chorus rolled out this classic hits format, which has miserably failed. They've pretty well abandoned it in every market. And then now they've gone to this fresh thing in Hamilton. Again, dog with fleas. I borrow that from Bob McCallum. Um <laughs> Back when we did Mojo, do you remember having those conversations? Again, they didn't know what to do with 95.3, and we had said that the odd time. Why don't they put Mojo on 95.3? Hmm. It's one of the best FM signals in the province. It goes for everywhere. It goes everywhere. And they've, never, they've always had this problem in Hamilton where they get about 75 80% out-of-market tuning, 
people in Hamilton don't warm up to their own Hamilton radio station. Interesting. Well, they, well, they just don't. To give you some numbers, the numbers on that radio station now mm-hmm. and the numbers on Mojo are basically not very many pushed together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only time they ever had any success with that signal is years ago when it was called... Uh, y95. Y95. But then when they bought Q and that became, they sort of had to protect each other. You sure. couldn't have a classic rock with a huge signal in Hamilton and a classic rock with a huge it's signal in Toronto. your own station, sure. Absolutely. So they, so they, they pieced it off and made the changes um, the way they did. Um, but that 95.3 is still, it, it's, it just sits there with this huge signal. And way back when, if they have made that Ontario's first FM talk station, especially with the Mojo format. Would have been monster. Mm. You like to think. It, no, it yeah. would have been. Yeah. Um, may I just finish by um, congratulating you on your 100th podcast? And, and we could not, we would be remiss if we didn't thank you for all the help that you give us. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you kept uh, us going when we didn't know what we were doing. And how uh, anytime we have a question, mm. uh, we can call you. You know, whenever I have a problem with the back end of our stuff, Insert even with here. my back end, yeah, and in your no, anus. I can phone this guy, and within three or four rings, whether he's here in Etobicoke or whether he's in Germany, for Christ's sake, he's picked up the phone. He's always there, and within seconds, I get the email on how to fix what's and wrong. And those roaming charges are killer, man. No. I have nothing further to add. Oh no! I and thank you very much. And again, there's no there's no <laughs> episode hundred. Hold on, what is that face? Without, your glasses are <laughs> very dirty. Oh. There's no episode hundred without. There's no episode one without you guys. I watched you guys and saw how I watched you, Howard, man the board and what you were doing with your soundboard and everything. And I watched you guys with the content. And then I actually got my buddy Andrew Stokely to help me buy some real adult professional equipment. And I said, I want to do this. It literally jumped on your web server. That's how. How much support you guys come have over, given me? Come over and give so, us a nice hug. Could I done. come over? Could I bike over to your studios tomorrow morning just to pop on and and talk for maybe a couple minutes about this experience? Yeah, about what? Yeah, well, yeah, only because no. Here's the thing: because I'm, uh, no. I'm going. I we've an unprecedented thing has happened. <laughs> Tell me, we're doing the show live from seven to eight tomorrow, but we've already recorded the eight to nine o'clock show. Oh, I see. But if you get there early, we'll put you on like seven fifteen. Done. Okay. I'm there. Three clicks. Took me five minutes to bike there. Okay. And I want, and I need you to help me figure out a way to post the show. Oh, the cron snap back. Howard, uh, would you date a woman your own age? One second. Okay. But I want to talk about uh, posting the show in, you know, in the thing. (laughs) Yeah, Ixnay on the ombre. Yeah, because we don't want to know. Where was no, she? no, no, yeah, no, I know no, no. I'm, I'm marking up another tree. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Yeah, okay. Okay. This is a <laughs> shitty part of the show right now. Now, this is shitty. No, inside this is, baseball. <laughs> yeah, this is not anywhere near as good as McCarthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so would you date a woman uh, your own age? I don't By know. the way, you know, so. <laughs> he doesn't want to trust that one. We yeah. own, own TorontoMike.com. So. <laughs> Fuck, I thought five grand? Yeah. yeah. The price going up. Son of a bitch. Uh, I actually anyway, bought Hummel and Fred from that, Chorus. That made my wife so mad. The, the buying the, the name back. And yes, I would, Mike. If your mother's available. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if I started dating Toronto you know, mom? Rick Hodge went on a date with my mom. Get out. And, no. Yeah, and that, that's a story uh, for another day. Are you kidding Maybe me? Maybe I'll tell it on your podcast. Don't tomorrow. you think it'd be cool if I started dating Toronto mom? <laughs> <laughs> 
She was. You know, my mom's my little single. Toronto she stepson. Is, she's doing online dating now. Like she's going through the websites. Uh, I can't remember plenty of fish and all these sure. things. Sure. She like, babe. I don't know. Like she's my mom. I don't know. How old she, is she? She Your looks like me with longer hair. Oh, grown. Oh, Jesus. I would say she. If she wasn't your mom, would you do her? Please, come on. It's ridiculous, Fred. Come on. What kind of question is that? Come on. I want to. I want to date Toronto mom. What would Doll say if you asked that question? Come on. You're better than that. No, Doll would hate you for that. Your wife was a legitimate. Your wife wants you to stay classy. If your mom wasn't your mom, would you do her? I mean, if she wasn't dead. And that. Brings us to the end of our 100th show. I miss my mom. I miss my mom too. Do you know that your mom's a zombie like my mom now? Zombie Luba. Zombie Luba and Zombie June. Ah, uh, June was lovely to me every time I we corresponded. No, of course she And I saw at a lot of your events. I'd see her at Gretzky's and stuff. She's my Toronto son-in-law. You can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Toronto Mike and Humble is at Humhow. You should tweet more. Uh, and Fred is at Freddie P55. You no, probably created that when you were 55, right? Very short-sighted, Fred. Your age will keep going up, and your username will stay the same. Yeah, I guess. You know, we've been talking since 6 o'clock this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm just tired now. See you all next week. I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me... I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And don't forget to help keep the show going by licking them. <clears throat> uh, liking them. Like and subscribe.
It's on, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook has arrived. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports, from MMA to hockey to playoff hoops, and so much more. Bet special parlays, spreads, money lines, and more. Plus, do it now from anywhere in the province. Join the action, download the app, and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook is live. So go to the App Store and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in on the action. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Connects Ontario, 1-866-531-2600, 19-plus, physically present in Ontario, eligibility restrictions apply, see sportsbook.draftkings.com for details, please play responsibly, DraftKings operates pursuant to an operating agreement with iGaming Ontario.